Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous October 27th day, 2021. Coming right up, it's the book of Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 8. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, helping with this podcast, or whatever you think you think we should do. Video podcasts, video broadcasts, whatever. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you and how are you blessing others with the blessing God has given you? Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, side row 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Don't be shy. Come on by. The postal code here is NOG2G0. And the phone number here is 509-706-8876. I do take calls. If people want to know what's written, I will tell you what's written. And... I'll help you out with uh, stuff. I'm getting calls, personal calls from people. You call me, you can text me first so I can get situated. It's in pure confidentiality. And I love you. I love the whole human family. God loves all his children. Might not love what they're doing. So we have to love everybody. And it's not that hard. Let me tell you something. Let's get into this book here. Second Samuel chapter 8. Oh, chapter 7, I mean. I meant to see chapter 7. Here we are. Let's fast forward backwards to the beginning of that intro and say chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 1, And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. So David's kicking back. He's a man of leisure now. He's sitting there being king, doing king stuff, but he's not at war. That the king said unto Nathan, Now that's not Nathan uh, Solomon's brother or his uh David's son, this is Nathan the prophet. See now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth in curtains. That's in the tent, like Moses had it, like God said to have it. And Nathan said to the king, Go to all that is in thy heart, for the Lord is with thee. Um, Stop right there. Not what's in your heart. That is horrible advice. No one asks God what to do. And what's in the human heart? All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. All the ways that all the ways and things mankind thinks are right as it's written in the book of Proverbs. Mankind has many ways that think and seem right, but they're all lead to the ways of death. You have to inquire of the Lord what's in God's heart. You have to submit to the Lord with unquestioning obedience and Always ask your Lord Jesus Christ when you pray. Listen, Lord Jesus Christ, I repent and I'm sorry and please forgive me. I know my iniquities are more than hairs in my head. I surrender my entire being to you. My heart belongs to you. Could you please purge everything out from me 
that is offensive to you and your kingdom. And I pray for your love to saturate into my heart permanently forever. Keep the demons, devils, evil spirits back from me. Hold my hand, my Lord Jesus Christ. You're the only one I trust. I confide in you so I can abide in you. I have unadulterated faith in you and belief in you so I can have relief with you. I seek you out. I inquire of you, my Lord Jesus Christ, to understand you so I can stand. And I trust you, my Lord Jesus Christ. You're the only one I trust. Anyways, they didn't do that. Four, and it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, Shall thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time I was brought up the children out of, of Israel, out of Egypt, even unto this day, but have walked in a tent. Like, that's my spot. I have my way of doing things in this tent, the tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, uh, why don't you build me a house of cedar? Hey, why don't you guys uh, hook me up with a nice castle? You know? No, God didn't say that. Now therefore, so shall thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from a sheep coat. Listen, man, you were just a farm worker. You were a sheep herder. From following the sheep to be a ruler over my people, over Israel. I brought you from a barn to a palace. And I was with thee wheresoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thy enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are on the earth. Like, like give it up for God. Give God credit. When people sit around here and talk about all the money they've made and everything, it's because God allowed you. He allowed you that opportunity. Who God gives much, he expects much in return. But people are so self-indulged, selfish, they're all about themselves, egotism, greed, gluttony, possessiveness. And they put their faith in money and material things. Money's the root of all evil. And don't call me and say, it's the love of money, Michael. You know what? The, that word love is different than other words love. Other, other words translated love in the manuscripts. That word love means something you can't live without. Imagine if you lost all your money today. Would you be absolutely devastated? Yeah, you'd be choked, but... Like, is it something you worship, you pay homage to? You, it, It's number one in your life? It's what motivates you? Okay, credit to Father. I put you in that spot. I allowed you to have a six-bedroom house, Mr. Jones down the street, with four cars, wife, two healthy kids, and a pool in the back. I allowed that. Now I want some credit back. I allowed you to be in the situation you're in where you had the opportunity Give the credit to God. 10. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of the wickedness afflict them any more as before time. This is pure prophecy. This is looking forward. Remember, David was a prophet. He, he penned most of the Psalms. David was a prophet. And this is pure prophecy coming from Nathan to David. This is yet future even future for us. Not until after the six files, six seals, six trump goes down and 777, we get to go to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. I hope we're all there. I hope you're there too. And 
as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thy enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee a house. This is a spiritual house, the kingdom of heaven. When our Lord Jesus Christ went up on that cross, and he endured sin, hyper-focused on him, temptations, trials, evils, Sin was hyper-focused on him, and he would not compromise with evil. He will not negotiate with evil. He did not negotiate with evil. He was nailed to that cross. You think our Lord Jesus Christ, God, couldn't have Jackie chanted off that cross and scissor-kicked everybody and just walked out of there and said, forget you guys, forget it. No, he fulfilled prophecy. He suffered for us. He could not lie. He was innocent. Not guilty. He will not make concessions with evil. And when he laid down his life at the appointed time, Satan had nothing on him. Neither do any of us. He walked it. And that gave him the right to set up the kingdom of heaven that is valid, legit, bona fide. It will not accommodate evil. That's the kingdom of heaven, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. It wouldn't be valid or legit if the Lord Jesus Christ sinned or lied or was guilty. It wouldn't be valid. If, say, for example, if the Lord Jesus Christ went around and lied, then that would mean liars would be allowed in the kingdom of heaven. And that would be nothing more than a new hell. He did that for us. He did that for you. He didn't have to do that. We're the one-third that fell. He is our rock. We fell from them. We were hewn from him and we fell. Gather us up, my Lord Jesus Christ, these lively stones. You are a comforter, our Sabbath, our Passover. Our Lord Jesus Christ did all this for us, for you individually. When you go against the Lord, you're nailing him to the cross again. Over and over, he feels it. When you repent, he feels it. He knows. It's okay. I want the whole human family to come sing for joy again, as it's written in Job chapter 38. We, at one point, we all sang for joy to Father. He made us for his glory, his joy, his pleasure. Are you pleasing to God? You can't tweak God's word to suit your lifestyle. You have to tweak your lifestyle to suit God's word. We have to reconcile with God. We fell. This is a prison colony. He's teaching us something here. These attitudes of greed, gluttony, and egotism, and self-pride, and disdain, and thinking you're better than others, and not forgiving. God forgave us. Why can't you forgive others? God forgave everybody. What, are you going to hold something against somebody? He set that house up, that spiritual house, for whomsoever will. And we want everybody to be there. Like, let's like pull it together. What has value? Think about it. This is such a short time. Think about the affairs of time. Infinity back, infinity forward. Obviously, these little 60, 70 years that we're kicking around these flesh bodies mean something. It's such a short time. But it, it, it's a, it is monumental importance that we're not carrying anything when we come up in front of the Lord. Because he will say the most dreadful, mortifying words you've ever heard. Depart from me. You never got to know me. 
Go over to the hell side. Liars and coveters and possessive people, people that think they're better than others, people that have disdain or blame or regrets. Like, you can't go up to the Lord and go, you know what that guy did to me? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, 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 he's over there. Yeah, he ripped me off. Yeah, send him over to the hell side. Both of you can go over there. Unless that other guy repented. You know what the rod of iron is? Everything that you can't let go of. You beat yourself up with it. You know, hate eats itself up from inside. Everybody knows that. So does jealousy. You feel it inside you. It's like curdled milk. You conceive it. You can't go up to the Lord. And you're going to die. Everybody. And you're going to meet your maker. At the most inconvenient time, you will die. And there you go. Instantly. God's God living. You're instantly in your celestial body. And you're going somewhere. And our Lord Jesus Christ didn't go up on that cross just to make another new hell for everybody. There's a hell side and a heaven side. It's very clear in the Bible. You know, I always refer to Sam, or, uh, the book of Luke, chapter 16, I believe. Lazarus and the rich man. Do you see the rich man's patronizing attitude? Well, that attitude is, is just going to lead to disappointment. He just people telling people what to do all the time, thinking you're all that in a bag of chips, thinking you're better than people. He tells Abraham, Abraham, send uh, Lazarus down there, go see my brothers. Lazarus, give me a drink of water. Who do you think you are? That's why he's on the hell side. And, and Lazarus, who had a hard time, but for such a short time, 60, 70 years, is now in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, kicking it with Abraham. In our spiritual body, we're, we're not bound by the perimeters of space and time. Clearly, we're restricted here because we can't even comprehend infinity back, infinity forward. This is a big time right now. We go somewhere where we're not bound by the perimeters of space and time. Spiritual house. Verse 12, pure prophecy coming up. Let's get into this. And when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels and will establish the kingdom. Yeah, our Lord Jesus Christ comes out of this king line. Looking forward to Lord Jesus Christ who fulfilled prophecy. Remember, Jesus Christ said, I came not to change one jit or jot of the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill prophecy. That part is exhausted now. The first advent. 13. He shall build a house for my name's sake, the kingdom of heaven, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Infinity. Not just a few years. You think you're king poop a turd island now because you, you, you have the biggest car and the nicest wife and you have all the stuff and big house and nice lawn and all you, you just fret away about money. And you sit there and just allow yourself to be ambushed by deception. Got your face glued to a screen or a TV set or whatever. Think about the big picture. Give it up for God. Help support God's, uh, God's elect. And be one of God's elect. That just means set yourself aside. Help broadcast, and, and, uh, help broadcast God's word. Send money to your teacher or get involved. Help out with the computer stuff. Get involved in, in getting God's word out there to establish its throne because you want to be part of it or you'll go to the hell side for a thousand years. 
And then after a thousand years, great white, great white throne judgment. And even if, like say, say even if one of your most adored loved ones ends up in the hell side and you're in the heaven side, they have a chance to repent over there. But after a thousand years of them, they can't let go of something like blame or regret or pointing fingers or thinking they're entitled or anger, aggression or arrogance. By the time it's great white throne judgment, it's just like, you know, we've exhausted ourselves trying to get through these people. Um, bye. And God even is nice enough to blot them out of our minds. But they've suffered for another thousand years because they can't get over their egotism, their self-pride. They think they know better. 14. I will be his father and he shall be my son. That's Yahweh and Yahshua. He's the righteous right arm of Father, the salvation ministry. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But he didn't. But my mercy shall not depart away from him. And, and as I took it from Saul, I took the throne away from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. God's word is consistent. It never changes. People say, I actually, someone who I really love said to me, oh, you know, the Bible was written a long time ago. Like, they, they should update the Bible. Mankind has an inconsistent thought pattern. That means unprincipled beliefs. Are we supposed to change the Bible every time? Oh, society's doing this, society's doing that. No. Yeah, we should just change for society because mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing themselves. We're destroying this planet and destroying each other. God has a consistent, unchanging, principled, resolve thought pattern. And that thought pattern is written in the councils of eternity. It covers infinity, back, present, future. Drive it into you. Be somebody. Every time you challenge God's word, it means you think you know better. I talk to somebody and they say, I don't agree with that part. I say, you know what, Mrs. Person? Why don't you write a chapter and insert it in your own Bible and see if anyone else wants it in there. And then when you meet the Lord, say, this is a chapter of me. Yeah, Jesus, some of these things that uh, you had here, like, come on. It should be like this. Who do you think you are? When you challenge God's word, you think you're better than you think you're smarter than God. You can't violate the principles of God without consequence. God knows better. What do you know? We've just been here for a couple of years. As far as the affairs of time are concerned, we've only been here for a for a vapor of time. Like what do you think you know? Science is a joke. People try and tell me, yeah, uh, it's evolution, Michael. There's no God, it's evolution. Well, let me tell you, when I was a little kid, I went to church, and they taught me, um, yeah, Eve ate apple, Noah's flood was worldwide, and the earth is 6,000 years old. And so I'm like, my grandma, who I loved and loved dearly, has passed on, lived in grinding poverty, poorest family in the town, gave me the most valuable gift that any human being could have ever given somebody. And I know it cost her. Was it a new car? No, it would be dead by now. It would be beer cans. Was it a bicycle? Was it an outfit? Was it money? No, it was a Bible. And she actually paid to get my name written on it. I still have it. And guess what me and my little mind did when I was 10? 
11, 12, 13. I read it because I saw a church on every corner. I saw so many people going to church and so many churches and crosses. And then they were telling me, the clergy, the guy in the dress or the guy with the backwards collar. Or people, adults would say, that was written a long time ago. Things have changed. Yeah, you just have to believe. Have faith. Believe. Well, I don't think the world was made in six days because when I read further, it said one day with the Lord is a thousand years. Doesn't that mean it was 6,000 days? Or 6,000 years? Then seven, like one day with the Lord is a thousand years. It says it's twice. I read it as a little kid. And then, then I said, you know, I don't see anything about an apple here or an Adam and Eve. And snakes can't talk, so his snake cash, that would be Satan, wouldn't it? Tree of life, because the tree of life seems to go through the Bible here. Lord Jesus Christ, the branch, the vine, the tree of life. I just kept reading. And then I went to school, saw the clergy, lead clergy's lying to me, telling me it's not meant to be understood. Revelation's not meant to be understood. It's very interpretive. Many people interpret it different ways. Well, guess what? The Bible contains its own glossary. It's not up for interpretation. The English Bible's a translation. It is impossible to, to do a word-for-word -word translation from the Hebrew manuscripts to the English Bible. It's impossible. So when every time I had a question, hey, this doesn't sound right, this doesn't sound right. So you know what, Michael? Don't even bring your Bible to church anymore. We got this little pair of scissors here and you're going to do little cutouts and some glue and you're going to make some, you know, nine years. Nine years they didn't teach me the first verse of the Bible. They're lying to me. I said, listen, it says here in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. It doesn't say when. And that preacher's going, that's 6,000 years ago, Michael, you have to believe. I said, but it doesn't say when. And then, and then the word... The second verse of the Bible, and the earth was void and without form. The word was is in print here. Like, like when I read, when I got to Isaiah chapter 45, it said the world was not created void and without form. In fact, Proverbs 8 tells us how God came into existence. The earth became void and without form. Hayah in the Hebrew. It's an exact verb. It became, fell into, something happened. I go to school. One week we're doing little film, you know, where they had those two film canisters and shut the lights and pull down the screen. Oh, it's on the Ice Age. 14,000 years ago, exactly like the Bible, it receded. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Ice made it to, it was ice all the way to the sea level at the equator. 2.4 million years, they were telling me. That's what they taught me in school. I'm like, wait a minute, the earth is only 6,000 years old, according to these people that I'm supposed to trust and look up to, and now I'm supposed to trust and respect my teachers in school, and they're telling me there's an ice age. I believe there's an ice age, because there's fossils and remains. When I tell the elite clergy, I said, hey man, why don't you come with me on a school trip to the museum, and I'm going to bonk you over the head with a dinosaur bone, try and tell me that's 6,000 years old. Like, they, like come on. The earth is a billion trillion years old. The first verse of the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the Hebrew is It doesn't say when. That's very descriptive. He created a jewel of the universe. And then something happened. 
And between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2, there's a billion trillion years there. Yeah, there was an ice age, an overthrow. It's written in the Bible. People say to me, oh, yeah, we, yeah, mankind survived the ice age. I said, really? It wiped out super species like the dinosaurs. Like, where were we? What caused the ice age? Well, the atmosphere, this little film of air, this little five miles of air, and only 2.5 miles of that are breathable air, was blocked by, what, a comet hit the earth and put up all the cloud, put up like a big dust cloud, and it blocked the sun from the earth, or a volcano, because when a volcano rips off, and we know there's been a lot of them on planet earth, and a lot of comets, asteroids, meteorites, whatever they're called, hit the planet, a big huge dust ball. A catastrophic event took place. It's called the catable in the Bible. You don't see the word catable because for some reason they translated the word foundation, which is confusing. So a guy like me will look up the words for you. But getting back to the topic here, the reason there was an ice age for so long is because the atmosphere was blocked. The sun was blocked. The, the Science has proven the earth itself turned into an ice ball. No photosynthesis was taking place. Where do you think mankind was if, if we came from evolution? Where, were, where was all the animals and plants for 2.4 million years? Sitting down at the equator in a, in a winter coat, sitting in a lawn chair going, man, this sucks. This is the longest winter ever. Holy. Nothing survived. If evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils and remains for every species at every minute stage of transition from the single cell to the species we see now. And don't forget the ones that have come and gone. Those fossils don't exist, man. Like, how do you explain monkeys? Oh, we came from monkeys. Well, what, what happened? Mr. Alpha Monkey got up in front of the monkey and said, listen up, listen up, listen up. Okay, divide into two groups, monkeys, okay? Okay, you monkeys over there on the right, you're good. You're all good. Just keep on doing monkey stuff, monkey things, eating bananas, throwing poop at each other from trees, okay? You monkeys over here. Okay, this concerns you. No more trees swinging. No more throwing poop at each other. Uh, no more screaming and yelling and... And, uh, and the hair. Okay, so you, you, the hair. You got to get rid of the hair and start walking upright. Well, that didn't happen, man, because there's still monkeys. There would have to be half monkeys. There would have to be fossils at every minute stage of transition. You know, they found fossils 350 million years ago to 500 years, million years ago. It's called the Cambrian period. If they found fossils that old and prove that period which i believe because i've seen them flora and animals mammals no transitionary fossils going in or out but they can't find where humans were 20,000 years ago 30 40 50 60 70,000 years ago where were they someone tried to tell me ah there's only a few of us doing what skiing off 100 miles of ice that were on top of me right now here in the great lakes basin Dude, nothing survived. Super species like the dinosaurs, it was a catastrophic event, died on the spot. That's why they're fossilized, and a lot of them still have food in their mouth. 
It was a catastrophic event so big that science has proven this. Not pseudoscience that makes up documentaries and puts them in the schools. One week we get a documentary on the Ice Age, then the next week we get a documentary on evolution. I go to the teacher, who's lying here? You, the church, or you, or the church? Who's lying here? Like, no wonder I was such a frustrated kid. I was a truth seeker. Don't sit there and lie to me. I was a critical thinker from right from a kid. And so what? I didn't get my grade 12. You know why? Because the curriculum sucked. It was boring. It did not interest me. I was getting lied to. And then it turned into pedophiles. My hockey coach was a pedophile. And everyone's going, you were such a rotten kid when you were 16, 17. Like, you're violent. Well, all adults were liars or pedophiles. And we never learned one page of the Bible. But we went to church. And all we did was sit around. And TV was everything. TV was what told us what was beautiful, not beautiful. Some Hollywood propaganda was shaping me, and I hated TV. I used to watch and go, this is crap, man. This, this is not even true. This is uh, this some, I'm not letting some Hollywood producer change my beliefs, tell me what's a value and what's not a value. And the propaganda even on the news, this isn't true. Yesterday they reported something else. Like adults were liars. No wonder I was such a frustrated person. No wonder I couldn't, I couldn't fit in anywhere in society and actually ended up in trouble. I say, who's lying? Are you lying, Reverend Ruggles Constant? Are you lying, Pastor or Minister Bicker? Bicker? Oh, they're nice people. They come over to the house, couldn't teach one verse of the Bible. Either you're lying or the teachers are lying. So I became a true seeker. I read the Bible. People, they kept telling me, why don't you just conform, Michael? Why don't you just conform? You have to conform. I just finished reading uh, the book of Romans, I think around chapter 8 or something. Do not conform to the ways and things of the world. Do not conform. Those who trust in the man God can't. God says it's a curse. Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 17. Cursed are those who trust man. And yesterday I talked to somebody who I really like. And I was talking about the vaccine, COVID-19 and everything. And it's like, well, we talked to this lawyer. And he sues doctors. He knows his, he has to know everything about RNA, SRNA, mRNA, mRNA. He knows everything about the vaccines. And he's successful. Unlike yourself, you grinding poverty white trash, Michael. He has millions of dollars. He's successful. He's a lawyer. Don't get me started on lawyers. He sues doctors. I know, I, I know he sued somebody that, one of my friends. But he, yeah, let's trust him about the vaccine. Yeah, because he, he has to know everything. Because he's a lawyer and he sues doctors. He has to know everything about RNA, DNA. Sure. Okay, buddy. I've studied it quite a bit myself, but because I don't have millions of dollars, I'm not successful. You know, I don't even want millions of dollars. I'd spend it all on great broadcasting center, a great church. And I'd still live in this little, I'd still just want to study every day and teach God's word. But that's, that's what people think successful is. Money and what they say must be true because they've made lots of money. So the lawyer guy said he got the vaccine. So there are two people that I really love. Oh, if he got it, then we should get it. What's God say about it? 
He says a lot about it, but we're getting off topic here. Don't lie to your children. Give them something to go out there on. If the kid asks what's written in the Bible, find a remnant of truth and say, listen, the Bible and true science go hand in hand. 14,000 years ago, the ice receded. There was an ice age. True science admits that there was nothing that could have survived the ice age. Okay, Because the planet was a snowball. There was no photosynthesis. And it was a snowball for a long time. And that's all there is to it. And there is no fossils and remains. And there's no fossils anywhere that will link a species going into another species, changing into another species. Like, what were we before? Okay, we all came out of the swamp as a little, what, one uh, molecule or one cell thing. And then what? A million years passed by. Okay, we're going to grow some legs here. And we're going to put up some 7-Elevens and a shopping mall. And, yeah, we want flushing toilets. And uh, you guys, oh, you want to be a whale? Okay. Well, that's a big one because right now you're walking on land. And you're going to have to do that for about a million years and develop a blowhole. Because you're going to go swimming now in salt water. And you're going to need eyes that see under salt water. And you're going to have to be able to give birth under salt water. But you still breathe there. Okay. There's no fossils. They, the, the Cambrian period, if they found that many fossils and flora from 350 million years ago, then they should be able to find fossils the whole way through. There's no transitionary fossils going in and out of the Cambrian period. Like species and flora just came on the scene ready to rock and then they were gone. Because God is in control. Our little minds are so restricted. Well, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't think that. Because you don't understand it. Who are you? You must be God. You and your opinion. No, I don't see how someone could just like snap their fingers and there be a human being. Well, let me tell you something. This is how God came into existence. Proverbs chapter 8. Way back in the beginning, we can't even comprehend infinity. It's just beyond our comprehension. Look up in the sky and say, I can travel a million trillion light years a minute in this rocket ship forever in any direction off planet earth and never hit the end okay obviously we are reduced and restricted in these flesh bodies and god did that to us on purpose to let us know hey we're out here you just can't see us right now but we're watching you and we know your thoughts and intents this earth is not even like a grain of sand in the universe this is a prison colony we fell we're the one-third and we have to make it up to God. God has nothing to prove to us. He can't have people like us who have self-pride and egotism and greeds and gluttonies and disdains and all the trademarks of evil coming back into his universe. Because then it would be war. Look what we've done to planet Earth. All the self-pride and money and politics and the lies and deception coming from the global media. We can't have that out there. It's restricted to this planet. And look what we're doing to this planet. Exhausting the resources out of greed. Putting diseases worldwide. Deception. Wars. Rumors of wars. Famine. And also remember, famine's twofold. Famine from hearing the word of God taught with truth. Amos chapter 8 verse 11. And famine. Yeah, a lot of people just don't have enough to eat. A lot of people are hoofing it around. There's over 500 million refugees right now. 
or displace people. Where am I getting my next meal? Ah, food bank. Who cares? I used to fail to afford Walmart, but now I don't have any money because I do this all the time. But people are starving. Well, people, well, one in seven Americans is on food stamps. And you know what's about food stuff? The industrialization of farming. They're actually making less food. It's just a one-world system, one-world economy, as it's written. It's destroying the planet. And look at the wars going around planet Earth. There's never been more weapons and wars and troubles and conflicts ever. We can't govern ourselves. And we can't have these attitudes that are causing all this chaos to come into God's kingdom, God's universe, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Because when Satan was iniquity was found within Satan, well, then there would have been Star Wars up there. God said, no, 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 no. You, oh, you want third? That's us. You want to follow his ideals? You guys think you can govern yourselves? Here's a little planet down here. Uh, yeah, you're going to be born once, innocent of woman, passing through the matrix once. And that's why God says there's evil in the hearts right from youth. God knows what we're carrying. For myself, I was carrying entitlement. Then I carried insecurity. I carried hatred. Like, what was I... Well, there's some things, like I, what I talked about before when I was getting lied to. God gave me a brain of critical thinking. I look at an adult, and I just, as a kid, and say, this guy is BSing me. And the people I'm supposed to respect most, teachers and preachers and pastors, they're teaching two different things. And I'm supposed to respect that? So there I go, okay, Michael, time for you to leave the house, get married, and uh, be on your way. Oh, what's my platform? All adults are liars. They're money motivated. Money means more than everything. And they're sex perverts. All the comments about sex all the time. Yeah, yeah, no wonder I walked down those roads. But God knew how much affliction I needed to humble for the eternity. His arms were always outstretched. I faced death several times. I was brought back to life several times in the hospital. And people, you want to rub my face in that? Yeah, you just try. God forgives. If you can't, you can go play somewhere else. I walked it, and I talked it, and the reason that that happened to me was because I was just getting lied to. I was lost. Nobody taught me the Bible. I said, there's no way the best-selling book on planet Earth could possibly not meant to be understood. By the time I got to Isaiah as a little kid, I still have the Bible. You can see my little writings in there and everything. All the questions I had, no one could answer them. Not once did we have a Bible study in our household. I love my parents. Yeah, money motivated and fret away about stuff and judgmental. But I love my parents. They gave me a, a secure, a stable life. But now we one Bible study. Not one. I said, the Bible's written in the common pen moment. It says right here in uh, the book of Isaiah. I said, no, that was written a long time ago. Those laws don't exist. Those laws are for Jews. You can eat pork here. Have some bacon, pal. I said, yeah, but it says it's an abomination to God. Do not eat pork. Over and over in the Bible. God's food laws. Uh, that was written a long time ago. You know, things have changed. Like, look at the grocery store. It's full of pork, right? You know, like, we just eat it. It's an abomination to God. You have to obey what God says. And then people tell me, well, the book of Revelation is not meant to be understood. Right, right from the pulpit. 
not meant to be understood. The easiest book to teach. You know, what's the key of David, Pastor Guy? Well, the key of David, the threads that run through the Bible make up the structural fabric of the key of David. That's the glossary of the Bible. It ties it together. It, it, it explains everything. Like God's word is unassailable. It answers every logical and moral objection conceivable to mankind. It answers every question and grievance. God's word is a standard, a principled standard. One cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. We always have a linear progression towards the truth. We never get anxieties, worries, and fears because we know what's going to happen. Let me tell you something. Martyrdom is the vaccine. And what happens after martyrdom? Well, there's a chicken in every pot. Let me tell you, the economy is going to bounce back like never before. And then when you hear one guy get up in the front. Worldwide TV, worldwide everywhere, whatever global media, whatever people watch on now, their phones, or you're going to hear this guy say, world peace. And then you know our Lord Jesus Christ is ready to rock because that is Satan, the Antichrist. His, his version of world peace is the same as the United States through censorship, imprisoning people, putting dictators in charge, you know, just military thuggery, activists in jail, financial restrictions on companies, sanctions, world peace. As soon as you hear that, there will be dancing in the streets. And don't forget the two witnesses get offed. You know, look at those two guys. They're two dirty guys. They don't get buried. We know. We have patience. We've read this book. It's only 700 pages, man. So when I had it as a little kid, I knew this was gold. I watched my grandfather read it. I stare at him. I wasn't watching stupid TV. That TV, you know, you know what? That t the TV set was the great Satan. It was changing people's thought patterns. It was such a waste of time. You'd sit there watching TV, you'd go say something, have a conversation. Uh, shh, we're watching this. Like, it's so important. I can't believe how many times I put my steel toe boots through a, through a TV. Like, it's just garbage, man. It's just there to make you think a certain way. Those documentaries you watch, they're produced to make you think a certain way. It's propaganda. It's social engineering. It's the one world education system. Now people have their face glued to the phone. Isaiah said you're going to get ambushed. It's going to come into your house right through the walls. How would he have known that? Ambushed by deception. The man of the house is useless at even defending his household. Why? Because he's the one that filled the house up with phones and TVs and computers. Never reading the Bible. Woe unto those who build house on the house and field on the field. Why? Because it's the same old, same old. Just getting your information and your news off the global media, which just lies. They absolutely lie. It's about social engineers. You can't believe what they're saying. God's word tells us everything that is going down. And that's what we're talking about. Thy house, thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. 17, according to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. 
Kingdom established by Christ. Prophecy fulfilled. Well, what happened there? Prophecy fulfilled. The crowning point of Christianity was the cross at Calvary, where prophecy was fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven became in accordance with his divine written word, in accordance with reality. Thank you, David. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, God. Then when King David... Then went King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, and we're on 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hither to? Like, dude, I was just a sheepkeeper, and I'm, he's humbling himself hardcore. Hardcore. Who am I? 19. And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. Uh, forever, the decree of law concerning Ahadam is what we're talking about. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Read, read it like this. Is this the law of the Adam? That's a major key of David with verse 10. Okay. Verse 10, moreover, I appoint a place for my people Israel and plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, neither shall the children of the wickedness afflict them anymore as before time. We just read that, not until the second advent. Is this the law of Eth-Ha-Adam, the line that comes through here? Why was Adam created? Adam and Eve weren't the first people. I taught that in the Bible too. It's stupid. What about the sixth day? Like even as a ten-year-old, I read. Well, it says here on day six that uh, man and woman, and then day seven God rested. Day eight, Adam and Eve. There was no husbandman. That doesn't mean farmer. That's mean they were. That family was given this book, the Word. In the beginning was Word, and Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. He is the living Word. It's in a book now, a seven hundred page book. That was given to that family. Husbandman, that means farmer, to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. That family has had to take care of this Bible. And you wonder where that family is now? Because it was promised to Abraham, you'd be as, your posterity would be as numerous as the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea. Where is that posterity? Go up to your map, globe, whatever, and stick your finger right on Israel. Israel today. Jerusalem. Now, go north and start heading west, and you will find you are, your finger is falling along the vouchsafe nations, where you see churches on every corner and Bibles all over the place in everyone's house. That is where the ten tribes of Israel went, up over the Caucasus Mountains, became Caucasians, up into Europe, over into Canada and the United States. And that's why I have a Bible in my hand. And when I go down the street, if I go into town, a cross will, a, a cross will go through my eyesight at least five, six times a day. I'm going to see a whole bunch of churches in this hornet yours. I don't know if hornets sting. Big. Anyways, I got some raid here. I got a raid here. Hope he doesn't sting me. Don't be like that. Buzz off. Not being very good. I don't know. He's pretty angry. Oh, nice on my face. Okay, just hang on. I got the stuff called raid and. Here, have a shower. Nice to meet you. Okay, he was gonna sting me, so let's see you get stung or not stung. 
Okay, so David's humbling himself. David thanks Father for his word and knowledge. And Father's in control and is perfect. 20. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. Yeah, he knows your thoughts and intents. You know. What, what more can you say? God's given you so much. For thy word's sake and according to thine own heart, thou hast done all these things, all these great things, to make thy servant know them. Yeah, he's given David wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength. He's given him the Holy Spirit. And those are six spirits of God listed in the book of Isaiah. What's the seventh spirit? The spirit of reverence. Never infringe on that spirit of reverence. Let me tell you something. When you call, don't call some guy in a dress behind a pulpit reverend. That's one, that's one of the seven spirits of God. That's sacred. Verse 22 of Second Samuel chapter 7. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee. Neither is there any God beside thee according to all that we have heard with our ears. Yeah, one God. There you go. Creator of all things. Father of all blessings. Yahweh will provide. He's our Father too. 23. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and awesome. I know it says terrible, but it should say awesome. For thy land before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. See, you brought us out of there. You loved us because you picked this family, Israel. And people say, oh, the Jews are the chosen people, Michael. No, it's Israel. To plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. That's why we have Bibles. That's why when you uh, trace your finger on the globe to the vote-safe nations, vote-safe nations, you see where the 10 tribes of Israel went. And now May 1948, they're starting to come back together. The two figs, as the parable of the fig tree states okay and remember jesus christ said in the book of matthew learn the parable of phil's victory he didn't say uh if you guys feel like it uh ask your pastor ask around maybe you'll understand the parable of victory she said learn it it's not that hard the good fig and the bad fig came back together in 1948 may israel it's a times mark time stamp date Okay, anyways, that's another subject for another day. For thou, for thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever. Yeah, we have, a, we have an obligation to teach this word and to not mess with it, add to it, subtract to it, to follow it, to keep it, to covet it, to love it, and to follow it. I said that. And thou, Lord, art become their God. There you have it. Blessings, mercies, grace. It's all available for us. It doesn't cost anything and you can't buy it. 25. And now, o Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning the servant and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as thou hast said. For God's sake, he said. Not for David's sake. And let thy name be magnified forever. David's name? Is he praying for himself or for God? He's praying for God. Saying, the Lord of hosts is God over Israel and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. There's a key of David there. What these threads that run through the Bible make up the trademark stamp. Our God's trademark stamp of validity. You know, Christ refers to David quite a bit. He's referred to in uh, the book of Revelation, the key of David. You count the generations. And David put it all the way back to Adam for us. We go to Abraham. We go to David. We go to our Lord Jesus Christ. There's another family in there. Revel or at Genesis chapter 3, 15. I will, God is talking to Satan. 
And God says to Satan, I will put enmity between your seed and the woman's seed, Satan. Enmity means hostile hatred. There's two seed lines that came out of that garden on the seventh day. It was a party. And Eve had Cain. That's why Cain's not listed in the genealogy of Adam. And Cain's the first murderer. Jesus Christ said, "You are of the." Jesus Christ said in John eight forty four, "You are of your father, the, the the first murderer." Revelation two nine three nine. These people actually went up and made a church. You have to count these generations. You have to count the sons of Cain. They're called Kenites. They run through the Bible. It's like a it's like a clothesline that runs through the Bible. The parable of the tares. Who planted these tares? The evil one did. Should we kill them? No. The angels are going to sort it out. Because possibly they can repent. Okay, let the Lord of hosts as the God over Israel and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hast revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee a house. That's the spiritual house. That's the kingdom of heaven. Our Lord Jesus Christ is kicking it right now with Abraham and, and Lazarus saying, come on guys, let's go over this side, over here, you know, whomsoever will. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. And here we go. And now, O Lord God, thou art that God, and thy works be true. And thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it, and with thy blessing let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. And it is, will be, and it's coming down to the last moments. Now as we wrap up the affairs of time on this age, obviously the earth can't sustain itself. We live in an uh, unsustainable lifestyle. We're exhausting the planet's resources, and that's what's written in the Bible anyway. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day. Please get involved with the Companion Chapel. Like This is pretty cool. We can do some really cool stuff. God has given me the key of David, and that's my gift. My gift is not broad, or, uh, or anything to do with marketing, managing, or, or anything. All I can do is teach the Bible. That's my gift. Come on around, and let's make this a great church together. Let's help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. And believe me, out here... The Companion Chapel at number 338 side road 20-29. We walk it and we talk it. And you can come out here no matter who you've been. Remember Christ didn't go to the big shots house. He went to the sinners. He came into this world to save sinners because he loves you. He went and had dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors. They hated people back then. The, the, the women of ill repute. And let me tell you something. My friends, there's nothing anybody can say that would surprise me. I've walked it or I've walked right beside it. And God's outstretched arms were always there. And for him to allow a white trash grade 12 dropout like me, this place and the key of David is a miracle. And I want to share it with everybody. God's blessings. I love you so much. I can say I love you without knowing you the same way people can say hate each other without knowing each other let's get together companionchapel at gmail.com call me at 519-706-8876 let me tell you something eat your vitamins say your prayers have yourself a great day and bye for now